Hi there, and welcome to the extended edition of TPI Talks. In this edition, I'm speaking to Peter Kirkup, Disguise's Global Technical Solutions Manager, who walked me through some of the various possibilities of the company's latest workflow, XR. One particular topic I was keen to speak to Peter about is what XR could bring to the various streaming solutions that people are working on at the moment, as gigs are no longer happening in live venues. So without further ado, over to you, Peter. Okay, well... Peter, thanks very much for joining us today. Um, very briefly, could you just uh, state your name and role within Disguise? Yeah, so I'm Peter Kirkup. I'm the Global Technical Solutions Manager at Disguise. So I look after a lot of the technical uh, requirements of our customers, understanding their projects, digging deep alongside the rest of the technical solutions team to hear what they're up to and try and find the best solution for them. Nice. And how have you been finding this whole time and lockdown isolation? It's uh, it's a new world for us all, isn't it? So uh, I, I guess one aspect that I've really enjoyed actually is the fact that we're we're getting more focused time with customers, kind of face to face on video calls, where previously you'd spend a lot of the time traveling around or setting up meetings. You know, now a meeting is just a click away. So it's uh, it's actually pretty exciting from our side to to be spending this much time talking to people about forthcoming projects and hearing what they're up to of course also you know hearing stories of more challenging times from some of our customers and uh, and trying to find creative ways to help them out uh, out of that situation mm. it seems to be like it's a bit of time to kind of reset in many ways isn't it actually kind of some of the projects that have been kind of cooking away for a couple of years almost and now actually have time to kind of come to fruition right yeah that's it and um you know for us it's uh, it's a time really to uh, to educate to get our customers who you know many of our community are furloughed or are finding themselves uh, if they're freelance without work um, so we've used this as a as a great opportunity to set up a, a huge webinar campaign i think we've already run 30 plus webinars oh, wow, since okay. the lockdown happened um, and that's covering all sorts of different topics some of them are technical education some of them are more just chit chat kind of hearing about people's stories about case studies um others of them are, are formal training where we're actually running our, our normal training campaigns online as well um, so for us it's uh, although yes it's a very challenging situation and we're all facing it in in different ways um it's an opportunity to to be talking more directly to our customers and and potentially to a wider customer base as well yes so one of the main reasons we wanted to kind of chat today was um, talking specifically about some of the streaming options that are now kind of like kind of coming to fruition. A lot of projects that maybe kind of happened before lockdown, but all of a sudden they're using, a lot of them are using Disguise XR software to kind of create these virtual stages. So before we get into some of that, I just kind of want to learn a little bit more about XR itself. Um, so what's the, <laughs> what's, the, what's the elevator pitch for XR? What is this software or this workflow that we've heard so much about in the last like month, a year or so? Yeah, so the Disguise XR workflow is, uh, is a workflow that enables people to extend reality. So that's what the XR stands for. Right. And what we're doing is we're, we're using technical production elements that Disguise has been connected to for a long, long time. So LED screens, camera systems, tracking data are all worlds that Disguise was very familiar with. And we've kind of brought all of those worlds together alongside real-time content engines, which, of course, have emerged over the last few years. 
uh, to create extended reality environments that where we can put a presenter or a performer into a LED screen configuration. It doesn't have to be a box. It could be any shape or size that makes sense for the, the setup and allow them to be immersed in a virtual environment. And that means that they can feel as if they're part of the, uh, the space. They can engage with the content that's around them. They can understand what programming is being created. And it also gives them naturalistic lighting and natural response to the space because the lighting is being cast by the LED screen rather than coming off of harsh studio lighting as you would do if you were doing a virtual studio in, in green screen, for example. Okay. So extended reality is, is really an amalgamation of lots of workflows within the disguise environment, some of which are new, some of which have existed for a long time. And it's bringing all of those together in one platform that means that we can, uh, we can deliver these complete uh, experiences for customers. Okay. Because I remember one thing when I was actually at the last trade show. Um, remember trade shows? <laughs> like, <laughs> I remember um, those. <laughs> but I remember um, within the XR workflow, the two main buzzwords were AR and MR. But it's, it's, it's these terms that are talked about so often, but I think it could probably do a bit of like demystifying what they actually mean in, in like real world terms. So could you... You know, yeah, absolutely. I can elaborate on that. So, um, so if we start with AR, AR stands for augmented reality, and it's mm -hmm. definitely a buzzword. We're hearing that all over <laughs> the place. Uh, Apple has an AR development kit for their phones, for example. Um, what AR is is about bringing a virtual object in front of a camera, so you can essentially paint a picture on top of a live camera. And that allows you to uh, to create objects in the foreground. So, for example, if I were to, to place an augmented reality object in front of me on the video, you would see it floating in front of me in, in the camera space. Mm -hmm. um, now, augmented reality has been used to, to great effect on a lot of shows, and we've got augmented reality workflows built into Disguise. And um, the real trick of it is combining that with a real-time content engine and a camera tracking system so that as the camera moves to a new location, you render the content from the correct perspective so that instead of it just being a flat piece of content painted onto the screen, it's rendered appropriately to wherever the camera is in the 3D space. Um, and that's what we're doing with our augmented reality workflows is adding drivers for all these tracking systems and passing that data into the real-time content engines and then handling all of the compositing and mixing that's needed to make that happen. So augmented reality is about objects in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. um, mixed reality is about mixing that with virtual environments on screens. So in our case, LED screens that we're uh, using behind the presenter and creating a seamless link between the two of them. Um, so augmented reality systems normally would stand alone. You would have a, an AR system that's just running your show. Um, and what Disguise has done really in this world is kind of created this mix where you can have a seamless world that sort of blends between what's behind you in the in the LED screen and what's in front of you in the in the augmented world. And we can even do tricks like have an augmented object that's in the AR space for the viewer, but is actually being projected onto the LED screen for the presenter. So the presenter knows where it is. So you don't sort of make that classic faux pas of walking through 
an object and giving the game away. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of tricks involved in this, and, and it, a lot of it is about perspective distortion and, and rendering from the correct perspective. Mm. Um, but hopefully that clarifies the difference between the two. So augmented reality, to be clear, is in our gold software release. That's something that we've been doing for a little while. Mm -hmm. uh, mixed reality and full XR that we're talking about um, is something that's still under development. But we're talking to a lot of customers, obviously, in the current climate about how important this is for, for their deliverables and getting out of the, the current situation. Mm. So we're encouraging people to get in touch and talk to us if they do have projects where they want to make use of these extended reality workflows. Mm. We have got fairly advanced, mature beta software, and, and we've been handholding projects to get through and get people up and running. Gotcha. Because when you know XR was originally being developed, I could imagine it was was it mainly thought it was going to be for the broadcast sector in terms of you know almost like kind of sporting analysis. Analysis. I know they use it an awful lot when they're kind of in their LED kind of studios. But were you ever thinking like you had this whole kind of like streaming concerts that we're now seeing a few people working on was ever going to be a thing? Was that a kind of part of the XR development? Yeah, definitely. I mean, from our perspective, we as a manufacturer, we don't ever really aim to write a feature specifically for one small subset of users we're looking to to broaden everyone's capabilities with the tool so one of the key things uh, we do when we're designing these uh, workflows is to include as as many different verticals in the capabilities as possible right. um so hence the reason why we have multiple different tracking drivers that we support it's not just saying you must go and buy this system to work in this way because different markets, different people have different preferences. Hmm. Um, so, yes, we've always had in our minds that concert touring, live events, corporate events may well end up using some of these workflows. Of course, the, the broadcast space is, is perhaps a little bit more mature in that those customers already have the tracking systems. They've already got some of that knowledge and, and experimentation going on in their studios. So uh, the learning curve might be different to get up to an extended reality space if, if a concert touring customer is, is moving into that space. Um, but we've prepped ourselves for that. What we've done is we've built workflows that can be applied in, in any space. So there's no reason you couldn't start applying these into a theatrical context or into a um, an esports tournament. Uh, we really try and create this kind of open architecture where people can build whatever it is that creatively makes sense for the event. Mm. And from uh, the feedback you've already got from maybe someone that is, let's say, media server operator from the live touring sector that has now maybe started using some of this uh, beta software, what's their response been so far in terms of their, their learning curve? Um, initially, it was it was a steep learning curve. I mean, this has been a journey we've gone on now for, I'd say, two and a half years since we started the initial developments of the XR workflows. And initially, this was something that was very hacky. It was, you know, a developer sitting with you till three o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. writing code and learning how your project was meant to work and making sure it worked. Um, as the workflows matured, as we've uh, got closer and closer to, to the current situation, we've found that actually it's become easier to onboard people. So we've expanded our, our insider program, which is our, our name for our kind of beta group, if you like. Right, okay. um, and as we do, we onboard people, we bring them into the workflow, we train them up on how to use these things. 
Um, and now we can we can get people up and running fairly quickly with this because the workflows themselves have matured. It's no longer you know a developer sitting with you on site. It's some software and a, a user guide that we can provide that shows you how to do that, and then a support team who know how to support it if you are using it. And uh, it's a much more mature piece of technology now, which means that actually we're we're finding the adoption is is pretty easy to to get people up to speed. Of course, there's a lot of parts and pieces. It's a complex piece of technology to bring all of the tracking and real-time content and everyone. And normally that involves multiple stakeholders. So it's also about catering that onboarding to the content team versus the technical people who want to know about tracking and so on. Mm. Um, but it's it's no different than us onboarding a projection mapping customer who needs to understand about complex alignment using our Omnical tool, or um, if somebody is creating you know in camera effects in a concert tour and they're using advanced notch workflows, we're um, we're kind of used to onboarding people in these fairly complex environments, and it's about. Uh, it's about really simplifying as much of that as we can in the workflow ahead of time to make it easy for people to get get in front of. Mm. Now, I understand you may not be able to go into specifics on this one because a lot of these um, uh, studios that are going to be hopefully used for kind of streaming events are still kind of in the early development and hopefully something we're going to be seeing more and more in the coming weeks. But from Disguise's point of view, what's been what's been your opinion of this kind of it's almost like this new developing kind of like sector within the live events industry what's what's been your response to it i think it's uh, it's really exciting because what we've got now is we've got a lot of our customer base who yes they're in challenging times they they've either had events cancelled or their order books are looking low and they they're looking at ways to utilize the equipment they've got and actually uh, what we're finding is that this has spurred a period of innovation where people are actually looking outside of their normal sphere of how they do an event and looking at what can we do that would give us an interesting angle. So we've seen customers uh, creating virtual concerts. We've seen people experimenting with uh, with creating entire kind of studio setups where people want to participate but can't be in the same room. So putting Zoom calls up on walls, putting people into, into virtual spaces for a worship scenario in one case where they put a, a, a preacher, a person of, uh, of the church into the environment but then place the, the church and the congregation around them uh, using teleconferencing. And those type of environments are, are things that our industry wasn't, really deeply looking at before um so this is now a period of kind of innovation and and they always say that crisis kind of breeds innovation mm. and i think we're we're directly seeing the output of that from our customers use of this xr workflows and mm. um, so it's pretty exciting actually and you know it's it's giving us food for thought and and new ways to adapt the workflows and we're continuing to listen hence why this is still something that's that's working through our insider group so that we are facilitating the needs of those customers as those projects come up. Mm. I mean, even from like the T- TPI standpoint, like we've in the, even the last like three weeks, we found ourselves almost going into a, almost like the broadcast world because that is now where our industry is going just mm. during this time. Cause if you're even going to do any kind of show, you need to somehow replicate it to your audience. Right. So it's these, 
it's been the kind of final stage of, you know, the blurring of barriers between, I mean, everyone's been recording shows for years, but it's often like just stays on a hard drive, doesn't it? And then it's just yeah. a reference. I think everyone's now like being like, okay, what's actually the future of a live event? Especially if we're talking about ones that we're not maybe going to have full capacity audience for the next that's it and we're looking at you know what is the recovery route and i don't think anyone has clarity on that right now but what we're um what we're anticipating is that there's some sort of middle ground where events will happen but with smaller audiences or smaller capacities in the venue sweden's kind of been a Mm. uh, i guess an uh, experiment for that in a way where they they're still running events but with social distancing rules applied and Mm. um these type of XR workflows, these type of broadcast-centric capabilities that are designed still with the end experience in mind are really important for those. You know, you couldn't do a, uh, a stage with a green screen and put an audience into the space. It just feels very weird because yeah. the audience can't see what's going on in the green screen. But when you're using XR, the audience can see the environment. They can see where the performer is and they can understand that relationship. And it feels like a show. Um, But yet it's still catered for a broadcast audience with all of the magic of virtual studios and virtual environments being placed around the performer. So in a a music context, that means that you can can encourage... um, an audience and interaction, which is, of course, critical to the performance. You get a very different performance when you don't have the, that kind of audience interaction. Mm-hmm. But yet you uh, you still maintain a really high-quality broadcast output at the end, yeah. which is ultimately what people will be striving for. Mm. I think that has almost been like the missing link, hasn't it? Because mm-hmm. any, other, any other time before now, if there was a certain broadcasty element that was used in a live show, one would fit, you know, one would kind of go down and kind of maybe quality because if you're doing something very much for the cameras, the audience might not be able to enjoy it so much because it's so much like camera based. But it does seem like this, you know, XR workflow is one that, you know, everyone can enjoy, be it if you're at the, in the crowd or actually watching at home. Yeah, certainly, you know, that's one of the ways we see this being used. And of course, um, it's important to understand that XR doesn't have to be applied as a complete workflow. So you don't have to build a cube of LED on your stage and put the camera tracking in and so on. You can use parts and pieces of this. So you could, for example, just do augmented reality elements for the broadcast feed from locked off cameras. That's a very low barrier of entry to to start experimenting with this. And then as budgets increase or as ambition increases, you can add tracked elements onto the LED screens or you can add uh, more ambitious camera rigs and moving cameras and things like that and all of that are their incremental stages so what we've designed is a series of workflows and bits that that pull together to give you the tools to do the final delivery but you can also be incremental as as people people's ambition and skills increase through this workflow as well Mm -hmm. so if anyone kind of wants to look into xr as like a, a workflow what can they do if they're kind of you know at home right now is it can they go through the disguise website or get in touch with you guys directly what's the yeah so we did a we did a series of webinars as i mentioned earlier we've been hosting these webinars on all sorts of different topics so there's some xr specific webinars that you can go onto our website we've got a watch again feature there where you can 
go in and uh, and rewatch. So there's a an introduction to XR webinar, which is uh, I think it's about an hour and a half presentation where we talk through not just what is XR, but also show the software and the workflows a little bit. And then, yeah, I would encourage people if they do have a project or they're interested in learning more about XR, get in touch with us. Um, we'd be happy to to hear about the projects, happy to hear about what they're they're doing, and uh, find the route that's most appropriate for them based on those experiences. Um, Disguise is also currently running a promotion where we're offering designer licenses, which is our offline pre-programming tool, um, free of charge through till the end of September to get us all through this uh, this current situation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's available through our web store. The requirement is that you need a USB key, one of the code meter keys, um, to program the license onto. And we're also doing a 50% discount on those keys through our web shop. So you can purchase the key and then get the free license applied onto it. Um, That's a really good way of getting started with Disguise. And again, we're also hosted webinar-based fundamentals training, and we're doing those regularly. Those ones aren't available on the watch again because we want you to engage in those sessions with the trainers and be able to ask questions as you go through the training. But we're hosting them regularly every few weeks, so you can sign up to the next set of fundamentals trainings, follow along from home, and be able to really experience how... uh, how Disguise works. If you've not used our workflows before, that's a really good way of getting into the workflows. And then if you are interested in exploring XR, that would be a good step to take after you've done the fundamentals training so that you've got a something of a basis to, to build on. Right. How are you finding the um, this kind of new world? Well, not a new world. Everyone's been doing webinars for a while, but obviously it's been a lot of them quite recently what's been the customer feedback and what's been your feedback as you know manufacturer kind of putting them on um it's been phenomenal from the customer's perspective we've had you know multiple thousands of people attending these webinars and we've um what we found is that the the audience is very very broad we're getting audiences from lots and lots of different geographies lots and lots of different uh, spaces. So we've had architects logging in, watching Disguise webinars. We've had lighting designers, programmers, all sorts of different people, and they're all engaging with different topics. So we've tried to keep our webinar uh, portfolio quite broad as well to to cater to lots of different subjects. Um, Disguise as a platform inherently is quite broad because we talk to both creatives and technologists in using the tool. Um, and that means that we've had all sorts of different conversations spun off of this. So once a webinar happens, we always uh, open up for questions at the end, ask people if they've got any questions. And also we get follow up on emails and things after the webinar. And the questions that people are coming up with are, are really exciting because going back to the, the current crisis situation, we're finding that people are innovating and experimenting and and there's a lot of what ifs, like what if I did this or what if I could do a show this way? Um, ultimately, workflows like XR come out of conversations like that. So I always encourage people to come with those crazy off the wall. Mm-hmm. You might not be super confident that it's achievable, but let's talk about it. You never know what's going to come out of the conversation. Mm. Um, so the webinars have been great. As a presenter on the webinars, sometimes it's a it's a very interesting experience because you're 
you're almost talking dryly to your computer. It's very hard to present when you're when you're talking to uh, you know almost an unknown audience out there. Um, mm-hmm. Especially if you do have you know several hundred people logged in at the other end, you can't possibly have all their webcams up to look at them and and make eye contact in the way that you would do if you were presenting to a room. Mm. Um, so it's a new style of presenting, and that's something that actually I think we were all surprised by when we started doing these. You know, we were all quite used to doing product presentations or trainings or demos, and when you jump into a webinar, suddenly what you find is that that whole dynamic shifts, and and we've had to relearn how to do that. And we've been very fortunate that the company has uh, has put a big amount of time aside for for creating these webinars, and also that the broader company has also engaged in creating these. So we've had our support team logged into every single webinar answering questions. So even though they might not be up presenting every single day, they're engaging and they're answering the questions. And then um, gradually people have stepped up and started wanting to do their own webinars because they're, okay. they're excited. So we started doing things like hardware maintenance webinars from the support team showing how to how to keep the hardware up which again is about you know trying to help people fill the current time and make use of the time to to keep their kit in as best condition as it as it can and Mm. and also just get the most out of the learning time that everyone's got right now if they're on furlough or if they are you know in a freelance world unemployed um looking at what they can do to make uh, make best use of the time um, and hopefully disguises listening and responding to that. Having said that, we're always open-ended. So if people are thinking that there's a topic they'd like to hear about from disguise, please let us know. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, a great contact book. We can look at pulling webinars together in different topics um, and we're very open-minded to, to cater to what people are looking for. Mm. I mean, you talk about kind of, uh, you know, focus grouping a product. Like, if actually, if you're dealing with thousands of people that are actually, you know, if you were to do something similar at a trade show or something, when it's that usual awkward moment for any questions and everyone kind of puts their heads down, and all of a sudden <laughs> you've got this very active audience that are quite happy to just type something on a keyboard and, you know, yeah, we, seems, conversation just seems to be going like a mile a minute right now. We actually did um, two webinars post the release of our 17.1 software. So 17.1 was our latest software release that happened a couple of weeks ago. And we hosted a feedback webinar, which was deliberately not pitched as a demo. It was a chance for people to give us their feedback. So we showed some of the new features and then we just openly asked, you know, what do you think or what do we need to be showing you? And some of the questions that came out of that were phenomenal because, as you say, people are behind a keyboard and mouse. They're a little bit more comfortable uh, putting pen to paper. And, uh, and the feedback that we got was, uh, was really exciting to hear. And actually, some of that feedback is now being rolled into the next release of software. So we've oh, already really? pivoted around, listened to that feedback, designed out some features, and we'll be pushing those out really soon to to you know directly respond to what people have been telling us and you know again this is about and uh, not just our clients innovating but us innovating and listening and and having open ears to to the current situation ultimately as a as a business and as an industry we strive to always be doing new exciting innovative things 
and that doesn't stop just because the shows stop in fact if anything it's ramped up where sure. you know that creativity and that need for what's next is is driving all of us to to really keep pushing mm. i mean yeah that's it's going to be interesting to see you know when we finally kind of see the end of this this kind of shows that are going to be created it's going to be some interesting hybrids i think to be honest like you know, yeah you know, different kind of different you know specialities coming in like well i've always wondered kind of have a crack at live touring and all of a sudden like you've had i think it's going to be fascinating yeah the the combination of uh people but also the um the kind of chance for people now to use this to learn new skills where the first shows they do are going to be a little bit experimental and i think you know this this brave new world that we're in is actually encouraging that experimental mindset you know the fact that you and i are sitting here having a, a video call and doing doing a, a chat like this is something that you know a few months ago we probably wouldn't have been in this place we'd have been, you know doing a very different style of presentation um so you every single aspect of how we do business is changing and this is a chance for for people to pick their tools learn them upskill and you know kind of arm themselves ready for coming back to work back to the next generation of uh, of whatever shows are and hopefully the xr technology that we've been developing will be at the forefront of that we certainly hope so and we see the strong potential for some of the the types of events that people are, are suggesting and, and putting together yeah, yeah. there was a, a brilliant uh, video that was released i think it was last week by one of our customers uh, white light who had been partnering with a, a studio who is a music video production studio right and they were highlighting the social distancing aspects of the xr setup where a person can enter into the studio, walk down a corridor, go in and be in a studio in a virtual environment without having to interact with a single other person. Mm. And, uh, you know, those type of uh, messages and innovations just weren't around yeah. six, eight weeks ago. None of us, <laughs> none of us were bothered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just, a, just another world. I remember going to ISE and maybe washing my hands a bit more. And <laughs> some antibacterial gel but uh, but you know the the world of actually having to find applications for how you can create uh, experience where it's not just us as the the production crew who are concerned about our health of course the performers are as well so mm -hmm. giving them a comfort level that they can stand in an environment and not be exposed that they're not going to have a camera guy up in their face and a mm -hmm you know, lighting guy, sound guy, shoving microphones down their shirt, all of these interactions that we all took for granted a few weeks ago suddenly are uh, actually something quite important for us in, as an industry to understand it, especially while we're in this crisis period. Now, as we come out of it, some of those will ease, some of them will probably stay around for a little while. Um, so the time spent innovating on those right now is valuable because we're learning how to respond for the future as well yeah i think the the, the white light video is interesting with that whole because it, it follows him into the studio doesn't it? it's like i haven't seen yeah. anyone the whole time and then sell him on set i think what's interesting is we keep talking what well, everyone's been talking about you know when events are going to come back and 
But there is going to be this awkward middle ground, isn't there, where it's going to be, you know, half social distancing. And if you can offer an artist, like you're going to be on stage without seeing a single person perform your show and then you can go off into your car and then go to the left. That's, that's going to be invaluable, I think. Yeah. And especially, I mean, going back to that video, they, they placed people in Zoom calls into the set around him. So he was still interacting with an audience. It wasn't that he's on his own in a completely isolated, like being filmed in the center of a warehouse. It really feels like he's part of an experience and it, it's got, got a level of interaction to it that you wouldn't necessarily have if you were doing this kind of purely, uh, isolated experience following the guidelines mm. to the letter and not using technology to its best advantage around you mm. so yeah i think uh, that's really where we're going to start seeing innovation kind of reaping benefits for people as well where they'll they'll put the, the legwork in now to to figure out the solutions and then as we come into this hybrid world which is likely the outcome for a, a while anyway coming out of isolation we'll find that people have almost created a new industry or a new niche for the for themselves and and for for all of us to to work in i think what's really interesting about this is this is also repurposing existing equipment this isn't massive new investments in in tons of new technology this is actually about you know rental suppliers or companies who own existing hardware existing led screens cameras disguise servers and so on mm-hmm. finding new uses for that equipment which for our industry helps not only recover from the the current situation but it also helps us be relevant in more contexts so we're learning as an industry how to apply this technology into broadcast and how to apply um you know led screens into into these setups, which we previously weren't necessarily being put into, where they just paint the wall green and shine some lights on it and do color key and wouldn't really involve an LED supplier. Sure, sure. Um, so actually, it's new opportunities, although it, it feels odd to be talking about, you know, exciting money generating opportunities in this uh, <laughs> in this time. It is. That's what, what we're going to see off the back of this is exciting uh, opportunities where businesses will will pivot, they will change direction, or they will at least diversify their their customer base, mm. and hopefully that leads to you know a healthy industry at the end of this crisis where we come out with customers who are delivering amazing experiences and catering to a whole broad range of different needs. Brilliant. Oh. Look forward to the brave new world, eh? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I can't wait to see what people produce. And, you know, for us, it's been, as I say, like a two and a half year journey in creating these workflows and innovating. And really, uh, it's it's quite uh, interesting timing now where we're kind of at the cusp of this just becoming a mainstream technology that people adopt and use in their events. And it, it's it's exciting because we go from a couple of experiments, a couple of trade show demos to mm. lots and lots of interest, lots of momentum. And now I get to see the creative output of all of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it stops being about proving the technology and showing people that it, it works. It starts being about how creative can people be using and applying this. And that's, that's really rewarding as well um, from our perspective to see the the sweep of change coming all right peter thank you very much for your time 
Thanks very much, Stu. It's been fun. <laughs> Cheers. And thank you again for Peter from Disguise there. And thank you very much for listening. We're doing more and more of these TPI talks in the coming weeks. Best way to see when the next episode is, is follow us on social media, be it Facebook or Instagram. In the meantime, also feel free to go to the TPI website, where you can catch up with all the latest news from the industry, as well as read our latest digital edition. See you next time. Thanks.